What's going on, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Masters of Life podcast. I am your host, Christian Perez, and I interview some of the most amazing people on this planet. I share their habits, secrets, and stories to help all of us just get a little bit better. So without any further ado, let's get it, let's go, right here on the Masters of Life podcast. What's going on, guys? This week's guest is Dave Berlin. Dave is a Marine Corps veteran, speaker, entrepreneur. He has spoke at TEDx, Disrupt HR, has DJed more than 350 weddings, and he carries a gigantic boombox. He is an ambassador for veteran entrepreneurship and a coach to help veterans change the narrative to post-traumatic growth. By day, he is an influence broker, finding ways to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. Dave will be talking to us today about hashtag why networking, building relationships before the business card or title. Dave, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. Hey, Christian. Thanks for having me on, man. Great to meet you. Yeah, it was a pleasure to meet you. It took a while to get you on the show, so that's partly my fault. But um, let's go ahead and, and let our listeners know an interesting fact about your background that has shaped who you are today. Man, it's funny. Uh, I guess I revealed a lot of those interesting facts in the in the bio. I would have said the uh, DJ 350 weddings and private events all over the country. Uh, you mentioned the boombox, man, I'm just going to get real with it. And I'd say probably one of the most interesting facts that most people don't know about me is a uh, high school dropout. And how is that? How has that shaped you today? In a, in a very positive way through a lot of adversity. Um, you know, I've went through a lot of those, those different things that, that different speakers and, and influencers and stuff go through a lot of imposter syndrome. You know, it's, it's, uh, there was times that I struggled with, you know, who am I? to do this thing. You know, I didn't even graduate high school. Um, one of those things was the, uh, the Marine Corps, you know, I had to, I had to fight for a spot to get into the Marine Corps. Uh, one of those things was speaking, uh, whenever I did the TEDx, the TEDx talk was actually my first public talk that I ever did. Um, so it was an interesting story how I got to that, but even that, that was another one of those imposter syndromes. Like how can I do a TED, a TED talk if I, if I didn't even graduate high school? Um, so, so that's definitely one of those things that has always challenged me and always kind of put things into perspective, but I think I, I shed that being more of a challenge, um, you know, several years back. Wait, so your first actual talk was TEDx? What, <laughs> no practice, yeah, no nothing? What, why? No, no, no. No, I did practice. You know, I did have to get selected for the talk. I did have to prepare for that talk. But, but that was actually my first public talk that I ever uh, was ever invited to or that I did in public. I, I spoke just a few times at a private in a private network um, for, for the youth academy that I used to work for. Um, and I went back and I talked to the kids. It was more just like a little motivational speech type thing. Um, but I had never spoke at an event or I'd never been a public speaker or anything like that. Um, that was my first uh, first public talk that was recorded or anything like that. So I know that we're talking about why networking. To get to that stage and to get to be comfortable on that stage, did you have people that mentored you? Did you have people that you went to to ask for advice? Yeah, well, and, and to tie with the theme of why networking, and I'll just plant a little seed there, it was actually somebody from my network who connected me 
um, to that stage. So I was actually part of a small mastermind group. We met Friday mornings at 5 a.m. And one of the things that we talked about in that group was, you know, big dreams that we had. I had recently seen my first TED Talk. This was back in 2013. And, you know, I was like, whoa, that's what I want to do. And whenever I mentioned that, a bunch of people in the group got really excited. And it was actually somebody in the group who was connected to somebody who had the license uh, to host that event. So it actually it worked out worked out well. And it was through my network. And then part of every process, if you speak at one of the TEDx stages, you get matched up with somebody who does um, coach you through and make sure uh, that you uh, articulate a, a talk that's going to be that's going to be viable and credible to, mm. to make it to the website and all those things. Um, but the interesting fact there was the whole speech that I wrote. I actually I really freaked out the night before for the the rehearsal, and it just wasn't working right. Um, I got really frustrated, uh, and I. I'll be honest, man, I almost quit. Um, One of my good friends who was kind of, you know, keeping me sane through that whole process uh, gave me some really great advice. Uh, The next day, I almost rewrote the speech completely. Um, I made it a lot simpler. And and I that was the talk that uh, that I ended up delivering. Yeah. And I want to take a step back because what I want our listeners to know is that when you talk about your dreams and you talk about your goals, sometimes opportunity just some attracts to you. Like that network that you had, you talked about going to TEDx and then you meet this guy who actually had a connection in the TEDx community. Absolutely. And it was actually two other people from that group also wanted to hit that stage and, and they both gave talks that same night. So there was actually wow. three of us out of that, that group of people that met. Uh, there was three of us that got to do, do TEDx talks for the first time. Wow. Uh, all because of all because of that network and all because of sharing your passion. Wow. 100%. So w- is that here in Vegas or it was in Tulsa? That was in Tulsa. That was in Tulsa. So that was back 2014 was when we actually did the talk. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. And so what is, what is your process for building relationships? Yeah. So that's what I've really been trying to bundle down into, you know, what is my thing? Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody has something that they're known for, whether it be their 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 process or their their sales cycle or whatever. Um, you know, the idea of why networking, I've actually I started formalizing the talk uh, about two years ago to a little over two years ago. It was December of 2018. Sorry, I'm sorry, 2017. Um, so for all of 2018, 2019, I've, you know, been working through the evolution of you know, what is why networking? You know, how do you build those relationships before the business card or the title? Um, so there, there is a process to it, but, but I guess the thing to, to really start with, you know, I, I get pissed, man, every time I go to a networking event and I feel like everyone's trying to stab you with a business card, mm. you know, and they, they, they want to make you a client and all that stuff. And, you know, there's a guy here in, here in Vegas, actually, we did this little, he did a poll at an event. He's like, how many people go to a networking event to go get new clients, right? And everybody raises their hands. It's like, how many people go to a networking event to become somebody else's client? And nobody Maybe. raises their hand. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, how do we, how do we break that? You know, it's, it's, you know, the business card that we're passing out today isn't going to be the same one that we're passing out a year from now or 
two years from now or three years from now. So how do we focus on building the relationship first? And I have a really basic process to it. Um, you know, I get points for alliteration, but there's basically six, six steps for, for me to, to really think about how to build relationships. Number one is just show up. You know, I don't know how many times I, I got nervous. You know, I'm, I'm fairly new to Vegas. I've been here a little over a year. And how many times I was looking at going to an event, maybe I got cold feet or I was a little bit nervous and uh, maybe not so much nowadays, but, but definitely in years past, you know, the first step is just to show up, Mm -hmm. you know, just to show up and, and and be present, you know? Uh, So that's step number one. Before we go, Dave, before we go on to number two, um, I just want to let you know that I actually had that happen to me because I was supposed to go to the Waldorf Astoria networking event. And I could have met you there, but I had cold feet. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I could have been there. And if you didn't reach out to me, oh my gosh. And so that's what I'm saying. Just on that one step, I already didn't do. So please continue so we can expose yeah, me some no, more. That's, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that, man. No, that, and that's the thing. So number one is show up, especially in a town like Las Vegas. And, I, and, you know, I'll share this with a lot of people. And not every city's the same, but you really never know who's going to show up. But in this town, man, Anybody can show up mm-hmm. and, and, and every connection that you make could be a connection to a whole new market. Um, so, so the first step is, is to show up. Number two is, but they're all very important and, and some of them don't work without the others. But to me, the most important thing is to serve. Um, you know, when I use the word serve, a lot of people think of it in the military context because I am a, a veteran uh, I have been in the service industry, you know, in my background with weddings and everything like that. But serve is simply how do I bring value to other people? You know, it could be by connecting them to a resource. It could be to, you know, by connecting them to a person. And as long as I go with a servant's heart and a servant's mentality, uh, you know, that to me, that's, that's critical. You know, I don't, I don't go trying to get anything. I just try to serve and, and connect other people. And it's one of those things, if you help enough people uh, get what they want, you'll eventually get what you want. Zig I can't Ziggler. remember who that quote is. Zig Ziglar. There it is. Zig Ziglar. Um, but yeah, so, so number two is serve, right? Mm-hmm. Number three is, is share it. You know, a lot of my stuff goes back to kindergarten. You know, it's like the, it's the rules that apply to <laughs> kindergarten we'd be, we'd be living in a much better place. So when I talk about share, um, share the event. If if anybody ever asked me for advice about hosting events and all that stuff, it is tough. And, and the hardest thing is to get RSVPs and coordinate resources and all that stuff. Um, if you really want to bring value and it kind of kills two birds with one stone, if you want to serve somebody else and really build a connection with them, share their stuff especially events. If you can share somebody's event, tag a couple of people in it, or even better, bring somebody with you. Like that's the first thing that's like for anybody that, that hosts events, that's, uh, it's a godsend. It, it really does mean a lot for, for people to come to something because especially in a town like Las Vegas, there's something going on every night. There's always other options. And when you host an event and, and 30 or 40 or 50 people show up, it really does mean a lot. So, so that's a big step for me is, is to share. And I want to talk about that uh, because when, well, some people think that if they don't bring 
somebody with them, it's because they're their competition. They don't want to help other people. And, you know, Gary V says, you know, the world is, is so abundant, right? I mean, there's so much resources out there that it's, it's, it doesn't make sense not to share the opportunities that you're going to go or the event that you're going to go to or the networks that you have just because you're afraid that someone's going to compete with you. Yeah, but I'll even I'll even take it a step deeper than that. And that's kind of where this whole evolution of why networking started because time goes on. And I've seen so many titles change. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the guy's name out of it. He's not competition, but it's funny. This is back in Oklahoma about two years ago. Uh, I was a sales trainer, right? I was out, I was out calling on people and I was going and doing free workshops. And the whole idea at the end of that free workshop was to get people to sign up for one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was a, a really big district manager with like 30 agents at a company that I won't mention. Uh, I'm not mad, but it's, it's one of those things where I tried to add him on LinkedIn. You know, regardless, none of his people signed up for coaching. I still try to continue to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that guy ever needed, if there was anybody that might make a good candidate, I'd always be happy to connect. Uh, people always, often because of my network come to me and try and find jobs or, or find connections and things like that. And I'll, I'm always happy to share whatever people are doing. And that guy never added me on LinkedIn. You know, every time I tried to connect or invite him to another event, uh, even that didn't have anything to do with me, I just thought would help his network. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy gave me the cold shoulder. Never, never connected. Um, never went beyond me coming out and doing that thing. Literally about three weeks ago, I got a LinkedIn message request for, for, for us to be connected. <laughs> what do you think changed from, from two years ago to today? I assume he met other salespeople and was like, nobody followed up with me? Nope. Nope. His role changed. He left the company after 13 years. And now he's Maybe not desperate, but he's struggling to figure out who his network is and how his network can help him in that transition in his new role. Um, wow. See what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and I'm not saying we have to be homies. It's just along the way, I could have helped connect to, you know, to any kind of resource. So, yeah. so what I've learned, and, and my roles have changed several times in the, in the last decade, and roles are going to continue to change as we evolve in, in, in our passions and all that stuff. So, and you never really know how far a relationship can go. Uh, a good friend of mine wrote a book called A Friend of a Friend, uh, a guy named David Burkus. I always want to give him props. A Friend of a Friend is a, is a perfect example of dormant relationships. And it's where a, a, a small relationship that maybe wasn't very well developed, maybe our circles didn't serve each other at the time can, uh, you know, reignite a year later, two years later, three years later. Uh, so it's really just important to never, never blow somebody off. Yeah. I mean, you never know when they might be valuable or their whole network might be valuable. later. But sometimes it takes that situation like your example to realize something like that. I mean, as humans, you don't notice these things and you don't notice how powerful networks are long term until you need them. And that's, and that, again, that's where I wanted to create that process that maybe might be a little bit more of a preventative step and, and hopefully to get to people before all of the bad habits, uh, 
you know, consume them. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Uh, number four, um, another great, uh, you know, kind of stole this one from another one of the greats out there. Uh, seven habits of highly effective people and keeping with the S's. So I get those points for alliteration, uh, synergy. When you go to an event, synergy and the idea of, of doing more with other people is always at the forefront for me. Mm-hmm. I love collaboration. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of talk about it from a professional standpoint, the right collaborations and the right synergy can, can really make a dent in any kind of project. Mm-hmm. Um, but another area of synergy is for the nonprofit sector, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll unpack a little bit more of my background as far as, uh, you know, Marine Corps veteran. I serve a lot of veteran organizations and stuff like that. Uh, synergy in the sense of the nonprofit world. I run into a lot of people that, that feel like they have to go out and start a nonprofit. Mm. Um, but they haven't really done any of the research to look around and see, can they create synergy with another program or, or, or something that's already out there? Um, that way they can leverage each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, to for, you know, for a greater cause, and sometimes those causes can can go to market a little bit faster than somebody happening to start up a whole five hundred one and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So um, I always look for opportunities where synergy can come into play. And how do I get other people, you know, at the same table as other people that might play well um, or really be able to create something off? Awesome? So synergy is one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, John Maxwell has a perfect. Um Philosophy on that is one person plus one person equals three ideas. And that's exactly, exactly what you're doing. 100%. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, uh, I think the definition of synergy, I may I may be misquoting this a little bit, but it's, it's to accomplish something that one can't create alone, hmm. right? So there's so much more that we can, we can do, but, but your math equation is 100% right. Uh, so what happens when you get four or five people together? Yeah, I mean, it's you have crazy. All different and all of their networks working. Yeah. So, uh, then it doesn't become. So and, and, and again, I keep I keep tuning back to Vegas because I've, I'm freaking in love with this town. <laughs> but every person that you meet, they're literally connect. Most of them that have moved here from somewhere else, mm-hmm. they're all very well connected to a whole nother market, and you have access to that whole that whole energy as well. Yep. Completely agree. Number five. Number five is uh, a little selfish. (laughs) It's for me. And it's one of those that I had to, I had to implement because it makes such a big difference. Um, And it's, it's one of those kindergarten rules again. Smile. Smile. Just smile. It's so simple, but, and, and again, that's selfish. It's for me because I have, what I like to call a resting Marine face. Uh, and a lot of times, it's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So a lot of times people mistake me for being a cop, being security, or just being pissed off. And, um, just a fun, you know, I do lots of really fun social experiments to connect with people. As you mentioned in the bio, one of the fun facts, I carry a gigantic boom box, a lot of places. Um, (laughs) But here's what I noticed. Like, I could take that thing up and down Fremont Street. I could go all up and down the strip. And I could be playing fun music. But if I have that that really focused kind of 
Mad Dog Face mm-hmm. on, it it turns people away. Yeah. But, but if I just post it up and played some fun music and just smiled at people, it's that much more inviting to start that conversation. And it only takes a fraction of a, a second to have that first impression. And, and again, that one connection could lead uh, to so much, not just personal or not just professionally, but sometimes personally, you know what I mean? I've had people at some of my different networking events who, you know, kind of skipped the whole online dating world and met somebody through uh, an event at a professional event and it, and it turned personal. You just never know what kind of connection can, can happen. Uh, but at least in my experience, I don't know the data behind it, but it's probably less likely to happen if you don't smile. Mm-hmm. So that one's a, a friendly reminder for me. Uh, so it's always be able to, to take smile. that. Yeah. Have, at first, because you came from the Marines, at first was it difficult to catch yourself? Oh my gosh, I'm not smiling. I have this resting Marine face right now. Yeah, and it's definitely been with a, a lot of people mentioning it. So people are pretty candid to say, hey, man, are you are you okay? And I'm like, and a lot of times I'm having like the best time. Yeah, yeah. Um, even when I DJ weddings and all that stuff, like there's been a few photos that have been caught of me and it looks like I'm, you know, just so focused <laughs> and mad, but I'm just, I'm just focused and I'm having a great time. But don't forget to smile. Wow. All right, cool. And lastly, number six. Number six is, uh, man, I've added this one recently. And it's cool because I can do what I want. Uh, but <laughs> I added this one uh, specifically to a story that happened here here in Vegas. And um, I was doing a I was doing a custom uh, Christmas present for uh, for somebody. And basically, I took a movie poster and I did I had a, like a graphics artist or whatever like superimpose somebody's head on the main character. Okay. And turned it into a really fun poster, um, you know, because this movie reminded me of the person. Um, I could have easily ordered that, that, you know, finished product. I could have ordered it online and probably saved 10 bucks or whatever to have a poster printed out. Mm-hmm. But I decided I knew, you know, just some random people that I kind of connected with online, I think Facebook or mutual contacts and stuff like that. And Instagram, um, there was somebody that I was uh, loosely connected to, you know, I don't mind sharing his name. His name's Austin Gardner. And he has a printing company uh, that he, it's a family owned business. And he started running it a couple years ago. And I don't really know his whole story, but we had enough stuff in common that we had connected on social media. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, why don't I just throw this business his way? So I reached out to him. Uh, he actually cut me a better deal than what I would have got online. But here's what you don't get when you order things online. You don't get any of the network that comes with that person. Mm. And and just by being a customer to this guy one time, now we're that much more likely to connect. He's lived here for years. I, I just moved here a year ago. He's connected to a whole network of people that I'm not. But now because of that one transaction, you know, there's lots of ways that we could leverage each other's circles and relationships and networks for a really long time. And that was kind of the aha moment where I came in with the final S, shop local. Hmm. Just 
shop local. You'd be surprised the the especially in a business setting, like you'd be surprised the network of customers that other people might be connected to. And mm. could you get it online? Sure. But shop local. You know, you're you're contributing to that that local network and uh, you may be opening yourself to, to their whole network uh, and their whole resources as well. So uh, so that's one that, that, again, just came, came a little bit more apparent to me recently. Well, first of all, Dave, I think that is super powerful. One, because most people think of networking as intentional networking events, right? But if yeah. everyday life, just buying that poster for a friend you were able to shop local, create a connection, get a better deal, and really just make a relationship with somebody in town with just, it's like two birds with one stone. And that's what makes it so great. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. All right, so really quick, guys. Number one, show up. Two, serve. Three, share it. Four, synergy. Five, smile. And then six, shop local. And so Dave, you know, we, I, your whole topic is why networking, but really it seems like it should be how networking, right? I feel like we're doing it all wrong the whole time. Well, yeah. So the it, it's funny, and and that is the how. And 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 to your point, the question was how do you build relationships? But it goes back to why. You know, again, getting pissed off is one thing, but it it, it breaks my heart. It literally breaks my heart every time I I see somebody struggle through a new role. You know, again, I've I've traded business cards a couple times. I've been able to to serve on some really great teams, but I've also worked on a lot of projects. And sometimes that role and title changes. And the hardest thing for me is I hate seeing people struggle uh, from one transition to another. And it's really their network that will carry them through all those transitions. So um, so really the problem I'm just trying to solve is, is let people start planting those seeds and serving people now. And they'll create an abundance of relationships. And with that, opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the more, more of those opportunities that really shape up even if people become uh you know i've been called a connector in so many spaces i've been very grateful to introduce people to the love of their life i've been really grateful to introduce people to uh uh the new role that 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 changed their their life Mm -hmm. and 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 made them more money um and in some cases i've helped people find those jobs that make less money but they're more fulfilled mm. um, and, and they have a, a greater sense of purpose. And a lot of that, a lot of times, you know, it, I don't ever expect anything back, but a lot of times it, it really helps out whenever, um, you know, if I've got something that people can help me with, whether it be, you know, I've been nominated uh, to speak on a global stage here in Las Vegas for, for Disrupt HR. And I, I posted out something and said, Hey, would people vote for me? Help me get nominated for this thing. And I have like a hundred and something people. Wow. You know, absolutely. Thanks so much. But I would also get messages and say, hey, I voted for you. And it, and it clicked to me like, oh, crap, that's somebody that I helped get a job like eight years ago. Yeah, wow. Um, those relationships just come back full circle. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. And that's so inspiring. And sometimes I think as even for myself, I'm guilty is I will go to networking events, try to meet people that are at a higher level instead of colleagues, right? And so before we get into the master's round, because you dropped a lot of value, is I want to ask, how do you know which people have it, are the the people that you should be connected with, and the people who are full of it, the people who are just telling you what you want to hear? 
man, that's a great question. I would say it's it's always in the quality of the questions that someone asks. Mm. Um, that's one of the things that I always try and encourage people with. And in fact, so I host these little Y networking events, mm. and, and I try to be a little different from the normal networking events that most people go to. So uh, one of the things that I do when I have people show up is when they're checking in, I'll give them a little half sheet of paper or if I can get it printed on a business card and I'll have like 15 or 20 questions that are fun. And the goal is ask those questions before you ever ask, what do you do? Right. We skip all that Mm. stuff because when people ask, what do you do? They almost go into this program mode and they're not trying to pitch you, but our brains, interpret it as a as a pitch and then we have we base whether or not we want to know this person because of the business card or the role that they're in right now yeah so by breaking that down and and asking better questions a lot of times people are connected at a better level um than than just what they do um so that's that's the verbal way to do it um i'm trying to start i guess a trend to, to find all the people that are like-minded, uh, at least like-minded like me, or a lot of people that do go to networking events, we're all we're all learning and growing. We're trying to grow relationships or grow our business or whatever. Um, one of the fun things that I do is anytime I go work, like I'll go work on the strip sometimes at coffee shops and the hotels and stuff. But uh, let me back up just a little bit. If you were a, uh, what's your favorite favorite sport or favorite basketball or anything? Like that? Basketball. Basketball. So what's your favorite team? Lakers. So if you wore a Lakers jersey around, if there was other Lakers fans, they would high-five you, or they'd be like, Kobe, or something, yeah, right? There, right. There, there might be an acknowledgement. But if you were in uh, somewhere else where, where that's not the dominant team, you might get weird stares, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody's going like to like Boston or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, and, but they're not going to fight you, but they're definitely <laughs> not going to make an effort to be your friend. Yeah. But that's based on something that you're as a visual cue. So fun game that I play is when anytime I'm like working remote, I'll put three or four books up hmm. of, of my favorite books or books that I just had in my bag or whatever. I'll put them open and out. And I do it because when people walk by, if people see that book, it's like wearing that jersey. And hmm. if they like that book, like I've literally had people, if, if you and I were having this conversation right now and we're deep in it and we're like, you know, really digging on existence. Like I've had people walk up, apologize for interrupting and say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I effing love that book. And they would wow. straight up cuss. And if you're going to cuss about a book, that means it grabbed them by the soul. Yeah. And that's somebody that I want to know. And that's somebody I want to connect with. So those are generally the people that I know. There's a lot more texture uh, to who they are. So those are the people that I feel like have it versus people that don't. Uh, and the people that just immediately stab you with the card and say, you know, if you know, or the the worst person, the people that I know don't have it are the people that give you a stack of their cards mm. and say, if you know anybody looking for blah, 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 give them my card. Yeah. Like, well, cause yeah. And I mean, at that point you're just a number to them, right? That they, they don't, cause not everybody's their customer. So they're, they're already in a sales mode, which isn't even the correct sales process. Right, they they have to vet. They have to. It just doesn't even make any sense in general if you're trying to get clients. But then it just, like you said, turns people off. Now I feel like I'm 
being tried to, sold to. You don't even know who I am, what my needs are. How do you know that I need your services? And so yep. before we get into the master's round, right? Fire rapid 17 questions at you. Um, lastly, let people know kind of one big takeaway if they take anything away from this interview. Yeah, man. Honestly, one, and I, I learned this the hard way, and I'm, I'm so glad that I did, but one connection, one relationship can change your life. Mm-hmm. And in, in some cases, uh, one connection can, can save a life. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into the full story of it, but man, it was just a random connection where somebody, somebody knew me as a Marine, and they knew that I was a veteran. This is back in Tulsa. And I got a random message one day and it said, hey, there's this veteran having a hard time. Can you help them out? And it just so happened that day. I mean, I was, I was cooking a little bit of lunch, but I was able to walk away. And I ended up walking in uh, into a situation where a veteran was about to kill himself. Mm. And uh, oddly enough, it's really random, but I sat down and I started asking questions. And in a really weird way, I used sales, almost like overcoming objections, uh, to help pull this guy out of an objection loop, get him to put the gun down. And, uh, man, that's been years back, but now he's happily married and and his whole life has uh, taken a totally different direction. But that was just through one one random connection uh, where somebody reached out to me. Now, how how did that impact your life? Well, I mean, at the time it was the, the whole networking thing. It didn't even play into it. What what how, what impacted me that day was the power of of sales and influence, and how much it's all the same thing. Um, and 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 that was one of the big motivators. That I mean, it, it changed it changed so much of my my heart and my thought process around things. It's definitely shaped the different conversation and the different topics and the different talks and things that I've talked about. But it also, in this specific talk, it strikes a nerve for people because, man, you could be that connection to to change somebody's life or, or to save somebody's life. So, mm-hmm. so embrace it. Yeah, beautiful. And so, okay, so Dave, so I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and do these masters round right after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I just want to give you guys a quick update. Unfortunately, I caught coronavirus during my time in the hospital and it has been really important for me to keep my home and room clean, especially during this time. So I want to talk about a product that I recently came across that will help me do just that. The product is called Finson Light. I get peace of mind knowing it's a simple and automated way to clean better using UV light. I've been researching it, and UV light has been shown to be an effective way to disinfect hotels, hospitals, restaurants, and many other businesses. I've seen many UV light products out there. I've seen wands. I've seen stands. I've seen phone cases. But with Vincent Light, I can turn it on, leave the room, and not worry if all the surfaces have been decontaminated. Finson Lights are EPA certified to remove bacteria and viruses from the air. You can use their new generation of product for your home, car, or business. Go to FinsonLight.com and use code FIN50 to receive $50 off your first order. All right, Dave. So thank you again for going on this show, dropping your six-step uh, process, six process to really networking and how to network. 
And so I'm going to ask you these rapid fire questions and you can just answer them as you please. Um, so let's get right to it. What is your greatest strength? Man, uh, well, I, I would say building authentic relationships, but it's also it, what ties into that is a really selective random memory. I don't know how that happens, but a lot of times whenever I connect with somebody, somebody new or something like that, I can remember the specific date time or place where we connected and a lot of times oh. that actually takes the relationship further because it blows people's mind uh, that, that blows my mind what lesson took <laughs> you the longest to learn uh well still learning and it's, that's a funny question uh patience uh sometimes i get i try to get a little ahead of myself so to remember to be patient is a lesson that i'm still learning but i have come a long way what is the hardest decision professionally you've had to make? Wow. Um, man, the hardest decision I made professionally was the day, it was my 30th birthday, and I left the youth academy. Uh, I worked at a youth academy for the first seven years after I got out of the Marine Corps, and it was a boot camp for life atmosphere and I was very much a you know salary position and I chose to make the leap and go into the world of commission only and and take a totally different uh jump into the world of doing weddings and events and it was uh definitely a tough tough choice but one that I'm very grateful for yeah, that's pretty ballsy what motivates you to get up in the morning Man, it's uh, one of those cliche answers. My, my son, uh, my son's 15, um, 15 and a half. And the more he grows up, he reminds me so much of me. And I just want to make sure that I keep moving forward, keep charging forward and set the right example uh, as he gets ready to jump into adulthood. What advice do you have for someone with $1,000 to spend? I would, it depends on, you know, if it's more of a professional or a business type thing, but either way, I would always encourage people to find a, uh, for less than a thousand bucks, you can find, um, a conference or a workshop or something that, that is something that ties to something that you're passionate about and just go learn and meet people. Um, you know, every one of those that I've ever went to, I walk away with a really powerful relationship or in most cases, a handful um, that I hold on to forever. And I think that's one of the best, best investments that anybody can make for under a thousand bucks. Is there a book or influential figure that you recommend our listeners take a closer look into? Yeah, there's, uh, can I do two? Sure. There's two. Um, one of the most powerful books that, that really grabbed me by the soul and, and, you know, inspired me to do the Ted talk and all that stuff was a book called start by John Acuff and it's J O N A C U F F. And he has a whole series of books, but, uh, all of his books have been really powerful. He's a, I consider him a friend. Um, you know, after I did the Ted talk and stuff like that, he was actually in Oklahoma I went and had coffee with him and he like signed my speaker badge and all that stuff. And, uh, we've 
ran into each other at several events throughout the year. I helped him promote books and stuff like that. And I think he's one of the best kept secrets that most people haven't found yet. And then um, one of the things, I don't know if I'd mentioned it in the bio or not, but I'm also a facilitator for the Why Discovery course for uh, an author named Simon Sinek. Mm. And he has one of the most viewed TED Talks of all times. He did the Golden Circles and talked about why, which is kind of where the name Why Networking came from. But he has a new book out called The Infinite Game. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, I'll, I'll tease you with that. It's, I believe it's literally the most powerful conversation that we can have in our generation in the world of business. Um, mm-hmm. It's really going to separate uh, the companies that are going to make it from the companies that won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a powerful conversation. Well, yeah. And, and, and I just want to talk a little bit about that topic because it really changes the whole mindset of really how businesses should be run the way that you view your business and the way that you think businesses are about. And it's always, it's a, it's a, it's a game that keeps on going and the people that survive are the people who just keep on going. And it's a never ending game. It's an infinite game. But the people that don't make it are the ones that think it's, they can win. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's so powerful. And, and again, with the, I, I'm really close and I, I talk a lot with one of the, one of the brand experience guys over at Simon Sinek's team. And, uh, man, I, I really think it's just one of those really powerful conversations that, uh, that I think everybody needs to, to, to grab onto. Yeah. I, I, dude, I love Simon Sinek. You know, there's a podcast that actually has only Simon Sinek interviews. It's just the craziest thing. I don't know how they have the rights to do that, but, um, (laughs) what advice do you have for someone who just got out of college? Well, as a high school dropout with no college degree, (laughs) Um, it's the same advice that I have for anybody, uh, but especially for people, you know, that just got out of college and I'm not a wizard like Gary V. I'm not going to give like generational advice or any of that stuff, but it's the same advice I'd give to anybody. Uh, don't be afraid to work for free. Hmm. Uh, the, the best people out on the planet, like out there that are doing whatever they're doing, whatever you're passionate about, the pro, whoever the top person is doing what they're doing. Uh, now maybe like celebrities and stuff might not let you, but if you want to go work for somebody and you're willing to do it for free, mm-hmm. like they'll let you and you can learn so much. Yeah. If, if not just learning, you'll also get an opportunity, which is kind of how I've got plugged into the whole network here. Um, I'm on Brad Lee's team over here at Lightspeed VT. I think I was showing up for almost three weeks for free. Wow. Before before he gave me a shot. Now we're working on some really cool stuff. Wow, amazing! And looking back, what is your proudest moment? Proudest moment still. Um, I can't. I, I look back at that a lot. And one one day that I'll never forget was uh, the day that I became a United States Marine. The day that the the drill instructor gives you the Eagle Globe and Anchor, you're tired, you're sweaty, you're dirty, and for the first time, they, they don't call you recruit, they call you Marine, and it's funny, because the moto talk before we got to the top of that little hill was, if you're not up there crying like a like a baby, you're probably not an American, and uh, I just remember, you know, uh, being equally tough, but then just kind of bawling my eyes out, so it was definitely a good day. Who is the most exceptional person that you've met and why? 
such a powerful question, man, because I've really done a, uh, an awesome job of putting myself around some of the best people on the planet that I could ever find. Um, for all the people that, you know, I've read their books and their books changed my life. For many of those people, I've got to meet them and not just take a photo with them real quick, but actually, you know, ask a couple questions. And in some, pe- in some cases, some of those people are my mentors. But one person that I got to spend the whole day with and learn so much about is probably somebody most people have never heard of. His name is Clifton Talbert. Okay. And he wrote a book called Eight Habits of the Heart. And he talked about that book one of the times. I think he spoke a couple times, but he, he spoke about that book when he spoke at the United Nations. And wow. what's remarkable about Clifton is he grew up during racial segregation in the Mississippi Delta and like couldn't go into banks and stuff like that. And now he like owns banks, you know, his book, one of his books was turned into a movie by Oprah, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and, uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal human when it comes to resilience. And, uh, yeah, I got to, I got to spend a whole day, uh, a whole day with him, following him whenever he went to a speaking event. And, uh, uh, had coffee, breakfast with him several times since then. He's just one of the most remarkable people I've ever met. Wow, amazing. All right, Dave, well, last question is, what are you grateful for? Man, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to wake up in a remarkable city like Las Vegas, and I'm grateful for the chance to, you know, get to take my son to school every day, um, but just to meet so many great people that come to this town for so many different reasons, whether they're just passing through or they took a shot and, and gave up everything and came out here in a rental car one way, uh, like I did to, to figure out a new, a new chapter. And man, I just love, love cruising around this town and, and meeting great people and, uh, grateful for, for opportunities like this to, uh, to share my story. Beautiful. Amazing. All right, Dave. Well, thank you. Lastly, can you let people know where they can learn more about you, what you're working on and how to get in contact with you? Yeah. So I got, I got lucky with the name Dave Berlin. Um, it's B U R L I N, but pretty much all the handles and stuff are at Dave Berlin. Uh, I don't do Twitter, but Instagram, you can find me there. There's a a link tree that kind of plugs you into some of the other stuff that I'm doing like bunker labs and, uh, veteran entrepreneurship and, and all the stuff that I'm working on. Uh, Facebook, same thing, Dave Berlin, and then LinkedIn. Uh, those are the three primary ways that you can uh, find me, or if you want to just shoot an email, uh, it's pretty easy. It's dave at davemeansbusiness.com. <laughs> so catchy. All right, Dave, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. So that's a wrap. Hope you guys got a ton of value from this week's guest. If you or anyone you know should be on this podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you again next week right here on the Masters of Life podcast.